Well, welcome into another edition of the Late Night Radio Podcast. This week, we've got a crisis at the border that no one seems to want to talk about. We've got a bill in California proposing the removal of police officers who are affiliated or uh, have uh, espoused hate speech or affiliated with certain hate groups. Uh, but you can get down to the point that basically this is religious and uh, conservative uh, persecution, perhaps. And we've got the big one, a tale of two shootings. Last week, a shooting in Atlanta. Yesterday, a shooting in Boulder. What can we make of this? How can we learn from this? And what is the narrative that culture, uh, an unbelieving culture, wants us to believe? The voice you're hearing now is Alan, joined always by Justin. Justin, how are you today? Hey, Alan, doing great, man. Uh, just living the dream over here, waiting on uh, little baby Dutton to make his grand appearance in the world. Yes, perhaps I perhaps I uh, perhaps I did the intro this week, prepping for uh, a future in which uh, <laughs> you, you'll need a week or two off. Yeah, uh, looks like we're uh, getting there pretty quick. I would be shocked if the next episode after this one uh, is an episode that has both of us on it. I would I would be surprised about that. Oh man, what a what an interesting reality that will be what an interesting day that will be just be me with my thoughts and my soapbox which if you haven't figured out already my blog the late night blog go check it out i think i'm about to rebrand perhaps my blog to just be my like my like a website for me like alanpatrick.com but right now you can find it on the late night blog the late night blog has uh, increasingly just become the place where i uh, get on my soapbox and try to (laughs) i told that to my wife (laughs) I just when, when something uh, when something rubs me the wrong way or or something more serious when something more serious steps up it's just a place where I can go and not vent because I have more um, moral intentions behind it I have more trying to help people think about things uh, behind it but also the the what I mean is the topics are so varied that it very much is like what happened this week <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> now have you been blogging lately Justin. Uh, Alan, look, there's something I want to do. I have, uh, if I could pull it up and count, I probably have four or five different posts written up yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm just not sure what the response would be, and so I'm a little nervous about about posting them. Um, one, I actually wrote, um, and I sent it to my brother just to get his thoughts, and he said, uh, uh, that actually kind of sounds like the intro to a book. Oh. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm kind of holding on to that one and thinking, hey, maybe, uh, maybe there's a book in the future that would be a, a fun thing to write. Although, the thing about writing a book, man, um, or just writing in general, you sit down. I don't know if you've ever dealt with writer's block. Um, and I don't know if I even have writer's block. But I've got something going on that when I sit down to write, my brain is just like, hey, what's going on with the South Carolina Gamecocks? Uh, <laughs> what's going on in the world of Twitter? Uh, who's posted on Facebook? Yeah, and and I, I cannot. I don't know. I'm struggling, man. I'm I'm struggling to get my thoughts out there. Yeah, I have to get some like white noise kind of playing in the background. So I'll pull up like scores and stuff like that. Um, that are like 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 Lord of the Rings soundtrack and stuff like that that plays in the background. Uh, and I feel like that helps me to focus in on what I'm doing. Um, that's fair. But and I do that when I write like teachings or sermons as well. I used to listen to music, but I'd get too focused on the lyrics, like even Christian music. <laughs> But now I just listen to kind of that white noise. There's no lyrics behind it. But it gets you jazzed up, man. You start listening to that Lord of the Rings, you get jazzed up, fired up for writing. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. No, yeah, I, I tell you, my latest blog feels to me like uh, like uh, the beginnings of a perhaps a book on on growing up in the faith. Um, hmm. That's been a pat. That's been a 
a thing I've been passionate about for a long time is like just growing up in your faith. I actually wrote, I actually read a book um, two years ago called Growing Down, and it was how like as you become an adult, you get out of your childlike faith for Jesus, and you become like over skeptical. You become, you know, over skeptical of others and over skeptical oh, yeah. of like and 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 too self-centered because you're a human with your own responsibilities. And I think there needs to be a second part to that. Not not a second. I don't know the author or anything like that. But there needs to be another book called like Growing Up where it actually is like no longer acting like or speaking like a child in the faith, but growing up. You know what I mean? Still having the childlike faith of of pure trust in Jesus, but growing up, acting like a mature Christian. No, I really like that. That's a that's an interesting thing. Hey, what what did you say the name of that that book was that you read? It's called Growing Down, and then there's it's a called subtitle. Growing Down, but okay. it's called Growing Down. Da- growing okay. Down, yeah. I'll send you a picture <clears> after yeah. this. Yeah, definitely. I want to check that out. Oh, if you hear a, if you hear a dog bark in the background, sorry, that's my dog. He does not like being where he is right now. He might be whining, but uh, he needs to go down for a nap anyway. So, uh, Justin, as we dive into this week, man, a uh, couple of interesting headlines this week. Justin, what's What's going on at the border? Not to interview you, but just to, to yeah. uh, unevenly segue into yeah. our news uh, for the week. What's going on at the border, yeah. man? Can you help us understand yeah. this? Yeah, I don't know if I can help us understand, but uh, we've got a <laughs> crisis at the border. Uh, we have uh, illegal immigrants flooding across in, uh, in record numbers. Um, and it sounds like they've been motivated by the policy that they know the current administration is going to have as far as uh, not necessarily turning as many people away. Um, so we've, we've got a real issue there. And I don't know if you've noticed, not a ton of people, hmm. um, especially in the media, really want to cover this the way it probably deserves to be covered. Oh, yeah, yeah. But do, do you remember when um, the, the former president was uh, was starting to build the fence or build the wall? Yeah, and build that the wall. And the CNN, the CNN White House correspondent, Jim, Jim Acosta, he, uh, he went to the border, went to the border wall, saw no one at the border wall, and said, there's no crisis here at the border. That was that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, there's no crisis. There's, there's a border wall there. I saw somebody make a meme of it where they stood under a roof during a snowstorm and they were like no snow oh, yeah. here uh, very, very funny but there is actually some something of a crisis at the border uh, an influx of folks yep. coming trying to come into america uh, obviously we're having to, to process these people but also there's there's minors that are not not necessarily unaccompanied but accompanied by people who are not their parents and they, they're they're taken away from these probably dangerous individuals but then you know it's the kids in cages things all over again that people tried to claim yep. People tried to pin on Trump. Um, it's not really cages. It's more of like rooms or whatever cubicles you want to call it. But but there are way more now, uh, it looks like, in, in kids in cages, yeah. if you want to put it that way. They're not being treated well. But no one's talking about it. It's not the point is like Biden's doing something wrong or his administration or his um, what DHS, his border, his border patrol people are doing something wrong. The point more that I wanted to bring up with this is that no one's talking about it. No one's yeah. talking about it. There's, no, there's not really much accountability. It bring, gets brought up to Jen Psaki. Uh, the White House uh, press secretary, and she just says, you know, she'll circle back, or there's nothing else. Yeah, you need to go back. talk to DHS or something like that. No one's talking about this. Right. Yeah, um, and that's, that's just crazy because, and I, I don't I don't always like being the, the guy who says, you know, oh, what about this, or, or can you imagine if, I don't necessarily want to do that all the time, but this is, this is something we have a clear indication. Like, we know what the media would be doing if we were still in a Trump administration, um, 
we know how they would be talking about this. And so the fact that they're not talking about it under this current administration is, is just very telling about where, where their loyalties lie. Which yeah, is not something we should even say about the media, right? The media shouldn't have loyalties except for to the truth. And the point is not, but, like, to bully the media or anything like that. The point is to say that Christians should be doing the work of, of truth and righteousness and justice and seeking for truth. Um, this is, a, this is a, a thing that Christians have failed on. Christians have sort of jumped yeah. on their team of their media <clears throat> sources and they trust what is said or their party, and that we need to be fighting for truth under Trump, under Biden, under whoever in 2024. We need to be fighting for truth and fairness, fairness from the media. But Justin, speaking mm-hmm. of truth and fairness, or or at least truth in uh, speech, there's this bill, California bill. Uh, I didn't write down, um, I think it's HB 655 or something like that, but it's a House bill that yeah, proposes right. to remove cops that basically what the headlines would tell you is that it's proposing to remove cops for certain religious or conservative beliefs. And the, the idea is that this bill would allow, you know, I guess police precincts or whatever to go in and, and uh, find out if you've ever posted anything hate speechy or you're affiliated with a hate group. And the, the worry among those, and this is what, this is what one person, uh, well, no, the worry among those is that you'll find a cop who's a Christian or you'll find a cop who's a conservative and you can just oust them. So if it was a cop who posted something pro-Trump maybe in the past, you could just oust them. If it's a, if it's a, a cop who goes to a church that is not pro-gay you know, gay marriage, not pro-LGBT, at least in the spiritual sense, like this is a sin that's headed on, you're headed on the way of damnation. Um, like you can find these people, you can oust them from their job as police officers. Right. Uh, this bill seems to be sort of uh, scary. How, how should a Christian think about it? This is this is a weird thing. Um, I think we need to stay away from just saying this is a target against Christians. This is a target against conservatives. But we also need to understand this could be used to target against Christians and target against conservatives. Do you see how I'm trying to tie, toe this line? What do you think? Yeah. You, you think we should go all in one way or the other? Yeah. No, I, I think... Uh... I think it's interesting what you're what you're kind of bringing up there. the The thing for me is what is what is hate speech? Like you said, we don't want to just view this as something targeting conservatives or Christians. But <clears throat> when you look at the kind of trend for what hate speech is and how it's defined uh, in our country and in our culture right now, um, if if there is an organization uh, that does not believe in, and you mentioned LGBTQ, if they don't believe in uh, abortion on demand, uh, they are labeled at, or potentially labeled as a hate group. It doesn't happen all the time, but that is viewed as hate speech. And you mentioned the the Christian view of things. Um, we don't we don't see that as hate speech. We see taking a stand there as taking a stand for the truth. And so we're we're worried because we're getting towards a situation where the truth can begin to be labeled as hate speech. And once you have the hate speech label slapped on you, now we're even going as far as um, like losing losing jobs for it. Police officers not being able to to work. That's a that's a really questionable thing. And I think if this is ever going to be a thing, which I mean, just being honest, I don't think this is the kind of bill that should ever pass. But if it ever was going to be a thing that you're removed for hate speech, there has to be a strong and strict definition of what hate speech really is right right like is yes like is hate speech 
like you said, is hate speech going to a church that says, hey, you know, you're welcome to enter these doors as an LGBT person, but understand that you are on the road to hell and you need to repent of this right. just as any any sin. <laughs> right. Even if you were a heterosexual person cohabitating, like like this is a sin on the way, uh, on, the, on the broad path to the way of destruction. You know yeah. what I mean? Is that hate speech or is, is, is reposting right. a sermon related to that sort of thing, a hate speech that you could get labeled right. as on social media. Uh, the other Right, well, hey, how about, how about this? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go I didn't ahead. mean to interrupt. Uh, well, I was just going to say, so we're, we're also at a point in our country where, um, you know, racism is the big conversation. Um, and obviously we would agree that racism is, is hate speech, right? Um, absolutely we would agree with that. But we're at a point in the, the culture where if you're not an anti-racist, then you are a racist. And what we mean by anti-racist is like some of this um, kind of far left-wing uh, ideology that says, hey, we, um, we uh, unless you are like denouncing your uh, white privilege or uh, white culture, then you are actively engaging in a form of oppression and if that's the if that's the world that we're living in where uh we have we have to like denounce part of who we are like as as a white person or we are being racist then that really opens the door to some questionable stuff here on this hate speech thing like if i don't say yes i have white privilege i've um i'm this horrible awful racist if i don't acknowledge that then I am a racist, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't acknowledge I'm a racist, then I am a racist, and I've engaged in hate speech. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a. I don't want to say slippery slope. It's uh We could go uh, down the rabbit hole real, real quick there into this world where everything is hate speech. Nobody can have a job, um, and everybody is labeled as some kind of uh, member of some kind of hate group. Right, right. If you're hearing strange noises, I just brought my dog into the room with me. Uh, he's very sleepy, but very grumpy. Um, hey, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you seem to be in a similar position this morning. <laughs> um, oh, oh man, you were, were a little sleepy, huh? Um, are you hearing me, Justin? You're good. All right, we're good. Um, yeah, yeah. We're excuse good. us, a technical uh, technical talk right now. So yeah, you know what is also interesting on this is not just the religious or the concern, but the way that the person who proposed this bill. Uh, a lot of this is all coming back to January 6th, which if you look at all the social media, you know, moving about how January 6th was an act of uh, Christian nationalism, which is what a lot of people say it was. It was it was Christians who did this and, and stuff like that. Then um, Christian nationalists. Then you can see how the two intersect, how the political intersects with the religious. But the person who said this, this is a quote, the person proposing um, this bill, it says uh, 655, which I guess is the bill number, is necessary to prevent... The apparent cooperation, participation, and support of some law enforcement in the January sixth Capitol breach. So, they you know they're putting it under the guise of uh, you know people who maybe had reposted stuff that would have supported it. So basically, I guess if you if you perhaps reposted something from a president, if you were a President Trump supporter, then you participated in January sixth, and now you need to be removed from being a cop. Does that make sense? Like that's the kind yeah. of language I think that's being used here. So. Then I think it can extend to, oh, you're a Christian, you participated in January 6th, 
Uh, so now you need to be uh, removed from your, your police officer or your rhetoric participated in the January 6th thing. So it seems like, I think we've talked about a story, we talked about a story with Gab, right? Where the Gab was hacked and it was in the name yep. of uh, finding it to finding people from the January 6th Capitol breach. Do you remember that? That was three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Like yeah. January 6th is becoming this, 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 this coup that was, that was happened that now that, that is infiltrated, that everybody in society, like who voted for Trump is a part of it. And we need to exit ex, like January 6th is becoming, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's kind of becoming this, uh, this straw man, just not as a bad argument, but yeah. kind of this guy standing out in the cornfield, but that's who we need to get. Does that make sense? I know I'm kind of perhaps yeah. no, not, no, that, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense what you're saying there. Um, and like you heard it, I, I think that's kind of like the, the culmination of what was already happening. Right. So like, um, but even before that, if you were a Trump supporter, then you were somebody who was full of, of hatred, right? Like mm-hmm. you were somebody who um, hated the the LGBTQ community, community who hated even uh, minorities if if you listen to certain people. So there's this <clears throat> there's this whole idea that if you had a certain political view, then you agreed with even the f- the worst, most caricatured um, ideology that that person might potentially have, right? Um, and then the January 6th thing happened, and it's just like there's a there's a divider. You're either on the side of the people who participated in that or you're completely against them. Right, so right. either you either you agree with them and and think that they were right and that you know everything they were standing for that day, was right, or you think they were completely wrong, um, and that they had no reason to to even believe what they what they said they believed. Um, so, so for me, I I don't know, man. Uh, we we asked the question of how how should Christians view like January sixth, and how should Christians view hate speech? So <clears throat> obviously, we look at January sixth and what happened that day, and as Christians, we're not on board with that. Right. But being not on board with that, does that mean we can no longer like support like conservative ideologies? No. But if you listen to this, maybe so. Maybe that's the future we're going to where if you're even halfway on the the conservative side of things, you're a member of, of a hate group. I think my mic sorry we're having some technical difficulties this episode i think my mic was muted that whole time um but we're 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 i don't think this will pass because i think people understand that hate speech is not necessarily something that can be regulated uh like right. they want to because it's so in a way subjective to a point and being affiliated with hate hate groups is very subjective because you could argue that certain left-leaning groups are hate groups you know what i mean yeah. but uh or even certain religions that might would want to, uh, or, or atheists maybe, uh, who would want to be violent against Christians. Like, so should you be canceled? This, this is, uh, this is probably not going to pass because it is so subjective, but it is an interesting little insight into, I think scarecrow wasn't the right, right word, but boogeyman January 6th. Is sort yeah. Of boogeyman, boogeyman. There you go. That everybody is, is trying to pin, you know, you can pin all kinds of motivations on being involved in the boogeyman of January 6th and, uh, could get, I don't know. Could get bad, but it's uh, certainly an interesting, interesting situation. Yeah. So hey, here's here's a question I have when I'm kind of looking at this and hate speech and stuff like that. Um, 
do you think there's any because because we we look at this from not just a political standpoint but from a religious standpoint too do you think there's any any way where christians might have contributed to this idea that that we're hateful and that we are part of that christianity is hateful or that christians are hateful that that, yeah yeah so is, is there a way that christians have played into that into the idea that christianity is a hate group yeah, I think I think sometimes I think in, in an attempt to be like seeker sensitive, you've been like uh, people have been like, oh yeah, well we know that you know the vast majority of, of churches in America have been hateful against you, but we'll be okay. And it's like you're yeah. dividing people against the church is what you're doing. So I, I think so. I think uh, not the seeker sensitive movement, but a seeker sensitive side of Christianity certainly yeah. certainly has contributed to that. Yeah. Well, and and even even beyond that, like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just just speaking from my my history, right? Five years ago, I was a guy who like I would fight with people on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. About whether it was political stuff or religious stuff, like and and I I, <clears throat> I still believe that my view was right there. Mm-hmm. Right? But the things that I would put, like there was no love in it. It was just pure truth. Like right. abortion is murder, abortion is murder, like on and on. And that's that's the point of what I'm saying. And if if we're not first taking a stand for love, and I don't want to be that like <laughs> uh, liberal or progressive kind of sounding guy who's who's all in all on board the love wins mm-hmm. kind of ideology, but if we're not filtering stuff through love first, there is a danger of us even sounding hateful to a world who doesn't understand what we stand for. Right? right? Like we we uh there's a danger that we become known more for what we're against mm. than what we're for. Like we're against LGBTQ stuff. We're against abortion. Well, okay, that's true, but we're for like the, the natural created order of things. We're for God's will. We're for the sanctity of all human life. Right. right. So like even the difference in those messages uh, can, can make us sound hateful at times so no i don't think christianity is a, is a hate group i don't think the church is is a hate group i don't think christians are hateful people but i do think the way we present things sometimes can come across to people who don't know who we are it can come across as as hateful and i think yeah. that might be a danger in this hate speech so now i get well. a little bit more of what you were asking is like yeah i think we have contributed that in some of our own rhetoric and the way that we've talked to people and stuff like that but uh Yes, and then on the other side of it, people Christians have sort of made the culture hate us by saying, "Oh, we're all a bunch of haters." Like uh, you can, you can, yeah. you can understand, yeah. you know, where that comes from. Like uh, maybe the war against kind of fundamentalism is is an example yeah. of that uh, because fundamentalism is hateful and stuff like that. Uh, my dog is going crazy over here, so that's. <laughs> yeah, you look like you have your hands full, man. <laughs> he's being he's being a lot right now. Uh, he really likes door stoppers. And there's one in this room that he just discovered, and I tried to get up and take it off the wall, but I couldn't. I couldn't get it on. Couldn't get it off the wall, so I oh, think he no. wants to get down and mess with it. I'm hoping he'll just sleep here in my lap. Um, but Justin, going from one, uh, from hate speech to perhaps another, from bigotry to another uh, bigotry, or at least the narrative would indicate. We're gonna get into the real yep. meat of what we wanted to talk about today. Uh, probably a combination of my dog and some other things. We went a little longer on those other topics. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> let's move into these these shootings. A, t- a tale of two shootings, I think, is probably what the title of this episode is. Because I think, well, this is the big stuff. I mean, the the shooting in Atlanta, I think, was last Tuesday. We probably could have talked about it last week. But I think neither one of us really understood what had happened. So we mm-hmm. didn't really talk about mm-hmm. it. 
And then I think yesterday, or was it Monday, there was a shooting in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I think it was Monday. Between the two of them, or with the two of them combined, 18 people killed. Uh, eight women in Atlanta, 10 people. I don't think they've really said, I don't know, if, I've not seen a breakdown of what it was, but it was in a grocery store. So the eight women were killed in these spas, or so you would think they were. We'll get into a minute. These 10 women were killed in a grocery store, sort of just at random. The other one was a little bit more of like a premeditated, I'm going to go to these spas. And so let's just jump right in to the Atlanta shooting. This is the big one, or at least the one that everybody's talking about. Um, Atlanta, eight women killed in three different uh, massage spas or massage parlors by a a guy called, uh, we'll just call him by his last name, call him Long. That's his last name. The narrative immediately came out. You you saw this from the jump. that four out of the eight were, were Asian people. Now it's six out of the eight. I guess, I guess they did not know two yeah. of the other identities. Now it's six out of the eight people that were killed were Asian women. So the narrative immediately became that Long was a racist and that this was anti-Asian hate. Um, and if that is the truth, as we've talked about before with, with, with police officers that you know, harm or kill minorities, uh, particularly blacks, um, anything like that, if that is the case, it needs to be right, rightly condemned. Partiality, racism should be rightly condemned. Uh, but that was the narrative immediately, which should warn us. But now Long, the, the, the killer, the, or the alleged killer, I, I think they pretty much got him. He comes out, yep. says he was motivated by his sex addiction. He wanted to, uh, he wanted to take care of him. Uh, he wanted to kill him. What, you, you pulled up a quote on this. I think he should share a quote on his sex yep. addiction and why he, killed the, why, he killed, why he says he killed these um, <clears throat> Massage parlor people. Uh, yeah, uh, he said that um, the spas that he targeted, he saw them as a temptation that he wanted to eliminate, and uh, also he tried to justify his his actions and said he thought about killing himself, but decided instead that he should help others with sexual addictions by targeting the spas. Man, that's that's some truly. Uh, I'm just gonna say psychotic. That's that is. That's like a God complex kind of thing. Mm. Like you're the one who needs to wipe out the the temptations. Um, here's here's the thing. If he's that willing to say like what his motivation was, it's hard for me to see the scenario where it's it's racially motivated, right? Right. Like it sounds like a premeditated move against. Okay, so why it's a sex addiction? These were not just your average spa. This was yep. not just your average uh, go get a massage envy spa or something like that. These were apparently, if you go on sort of back channel websites, you can find massages where they do more than just massage you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, uh, you get the point. This so called uh, happy ending. Yes. Spas. These yeah. these three were that situation. Super sad. Super sad. Uh, we can sort of be tongue in cheek and say that these weren't just massage parlors, but that is sad. That that people. Yeah. We'll get into this in a minute, but whether they're forced into that or they go into that by choice, it's super sad. It's super sad. It's the same thing with all kinds of work in that related field, uh, porn, prostitution, all that kind of stuff. Like whether they're forced into it or they go into it by choice, it is really sad because if they go into it by choice, then they think that that's what they have to do to, to not only make money, but also please humans and please men. Yeah. And then if they go into it by force, then you understand they don't want to be there necessarily. Right. Um, right. Super sad stuff. So these were these kind of places. So he's motivated by his sex addiction because apparently maybe he had visited these places. Maybe he just knew about them and he thought, you're right, God complex, he would take care of this. This, this, this is why, his own admission is why we should, 
why the, the anti-Asian thing or the claim that it was an anti-Asian, you know, hate attack or whatever. We need to really guard ourselves. I, the narratives, the marketing campaigns that come out when these shootings happen or, or when anything happens that could be a hate crime. Um, it, we, the church, we, we Christians need to think about these things and really guard ourselves against them. I think you had something to say though, before I go too much into that. Did you? Uh, yeah. Um, I'll be honest though. I was, I was really paying attention to what you said and I'm, I'm not sure what I was going to say. <laughs> well, listen, here's the thing the the, one of the victims says this is BS. One of the victim's sons, rather one of the, one of the murdered yeah. women's sons has called BS on his claim that this was, a. Uh, that this was uh, motivated by his sex addiction, which whatever sex addiction, I think we can just say that that most, unfortunately, most men, uh, it's not a sex addiction, but they're, uh, they're in their sin, the lust and the lustful woman and all and adultery and all that kind of stuff is, is one that we are plagued with. It's a sin that yeah. sort of comes natural to us. Um, I think yeah. you see that in scripture. You certainly see that in this. So I'm not going to say that he has a sex addiction. I am going to say he had a sin problem. He was a member of a Southern Baptist church. Uh, that doesn't mean he is saved, and that doesn't that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean he's saved. But then, even if he was saved, that doesn't mean he has necessarily kicked his addiction or his his um, his sin problem. If that makes sense, he needs to be right. warring against it and repenting of it, not trying to kill people so that he doesn't yeah. fall into it. But I digress. Yeah, just just as clarification, a minute ago, I, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, you said he might have visited these spots. Yes, he these are oh, okay. spots that he had he had actually visited in the past. And well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so this seems to be a premeditated thing uh, because of his sex addiction or his sex problem or whatever you want to call it. Um, we, we Christians need to be motive, need to be devoted to uh, not issuing, not uh, alleging motivation before we know what the truth is. So, so God says, don't, uh, God says everyone deserves a day in court. He says every, every claim should be taken on the account of two or three witnesses. Paul even Paul even reiterates that law. So that's a, a Deuteronomic, uh, Deuter, Deuteronomic. I think I don't know how to pronounce that. That's a law from Deuteronomy. That's a law from the law, right? Uh, Paul actually reiterates that in the New Testament to Timothy, and he he interprets it, not reinterprets it, but he then interprets that to mean if someone brings a charge against a pastor of a church, an elder of a church, don't take it without two or three witnesses. So like if Justin, if somebody comes to you, comes to you as a pastor in your church and says Justin did this, he's embezzling money. He mistreated somebody. They they should not even hear that claim unless there's on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now that's part of the investigation right. process, but that's my point. Paul seems to think that that law still is very important for us. It is important for society. It is important for culture, and it's important for Christians. We should not automatically start the social media virtue signaling and marketing campaign to stop Asian hate. Which listen, I'm all for stopping Asian hate. Please don't hear me wrong. I'm I'm all against hate of all kinds of things, but we should probably uh, we we can rejoice and be sad. We can rejoice that this probably was not a, a targeted attack against Asians or Asian hate, but we can also be sad that eight people were killed because this guy had a sin problem and a, and a sex problem. Yep. You get what I'm coming at? But we Christians need yep. to be devoted to not issuing, not alleging motivation before it happens, before yep. the evidence is out, before we have a, a three, two to three witness testimony. People who know the situation, people who were there, probably people close to him, yeah. uh, and himself, you know, his own admission, his own uh, claim of what it was. We Christians, because I saw yeah. all kinds of Christians, virtue signaling, saying things about the anti-Asian hate, and it's like, 
okay, when that becomes true, man, I will jump on the front lines. And this is not a comment about let's wait until the evidence comes out because I know many people hate when people say that. But it is to say there seems to be competing allegations here, competing motivations here. So let's find out which one is true, and then I will jump on the front lines of the attack on either one of them. Does that make sense? You see that? Did you see any of that on social media? Do you see any of that in in, in the Christian culture right now? Yeah, absolutely. And, man, like watching – Watching TV, even you said Christian culture, but give me a second just to go just culture in general. I don't know if you've watched any TV over the past week, but like almost every commercial break, there's a little like moment of silence almost where there's just a black screen with like white uh, writing on it. And it's just like this message of stop Asian hate. Right. Um, and so like that's definitely been the narrative. But even, yes, even in the Christian culture, I have I have seen that on social media, seen people saying like, hey, we've got to stop Asian hate, which again, like you said, we agree with. Um, I want to mention something though. Uh, so this is, this is not an, an example of somebody who accidentally killed somebody and then said, no, I'm not a racist. Like I didn't mean to do that. This is somebody who specifically targeted people and then gave his motivation, mm-hmm. like and was just honest about it. I think that's, I think that's like a, a valid thing to listen to, right? right? So, if if he's if he is acknowledging, yes, I did this, I wanted to do this because of my sex addiction. Um, I don't know how I don't know how we could just ignore that and say, oh well, well, really, it's because you're racist. Yeah, yeah. like. It just that doesn't that doesn't work for me. And like you said about not attributing like the the motivation or whatever without knowing, the the problem there now that it's become like that everybody jumped on the Asian hate thing. Uh, that is the narrative now, right? That's what we have mm-hmm. to stop. When look, if we had taken a minute as a culture and said, wait, let's see what the real issue is, we'd find out that there's a problem with this. Uh, sin problem right this this mm-hmm. the way we approach uh the the sin problem of sex um in in our culture my question is okay he specifically targeted sex workers why why were they mostly asian mm. right that's that's the question i think that we really could have gotten to if we had just taken a minute taken a breath and said let's figure out right what what happened here? I think that's an important conversation. Why? Why were these all Asian women if he wasn't being racist? That's that's the uh, you brought up a good point, and you you had read an article from um, one of the one of the parlors or massage places was like in a mall or in a strip mall. So you saw an article yeah. that had somebody who also worked and could see the play. And he talked about how um, the women never really came in or out. Uh, he didn't yeah. see. And then uh, if they did, they were sort of, uh, they didn't have their own cars. They were sort of brought things or brought in and out. Um, Men, not men, men, like like, uh, customers came in a lot, but the women didn't come out. When they did come out, they got into the same car. Uh, There was a guy who would bring them groceries or clothes and all this kind of weird stuff. Seems to be sort of a trafficking situation. Um, Which if you look at the statistics or if you look at the, the, the testimony, um, I think I heard that Korean women, but but Asian yeah. women in particular, are trafficked into sex work in this sort of situation. I mean, certainly more than any other racial group, but but like yeah. crazy. So yeah. it, it's very scary that we want to that we're we're jumping on the another boogeyman. We're jumping on the boogeyman of racism, which and if it comes out that he was racist, then listen, I'm all for uh, you know uh, condemning that. Uh, I'm yep. all for it, 
But it, so if it comes out as racism, I'm all for jumping on that. But right now it seems like sex work. So let's find out why, like you said, they were there. And that's a terrible thing that they were there. They were probably trafficked into that. And uh, we should be able to talk about this and we should get to the bottom because that's probably the real problem. His own sex problem, his own problem with sin, especially since he was a member of a church. So, so any pastors listening, you should know your church people. You, you should know who's in your church or what they're struggling with. You should be trying, um, not just preaching to their hearts, but relating with their hearts. But also, so we should know these people and church members should know each other because hopefully this shouldn't happen uh, from a church member doing this and having this whole secret life. You hate to hear that. We talked about Ravi Zacharias a few, few weeks ago. Similar, not a similar situation. He didn't kill anybody, but he had his own wars with, with sex. Well, you should know your people, first off, so his own sin problem, but then the <coughs> sin problem and the problem of trafficking. I mean, trafficking is illegal, but it still happens, but we're not talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, like I said, I, I've said it already, but I really feel like that's the big issue that should have come out of this whole thing. And I think we're, I, th- I think we are really mishandling this and we're, we're honestly mistreating the victims yeah. by attributing it to racism when it's when that's probably not. Well, and another reason uh, we're mistreating them is because of what the culture is doing by calling them. Now they've admitted that this spa was not just a spa. So now they're calling them sex workers, right? And not in a pejorative, but in a celebratory. And these were yeah. sex workers. They worked a, a noble career as anyone should be yeah. able to do whatever yeah. it is that they do. And, and now he's now he's targeting sex workers. So now the bigotry is becoming that he doesn't like sex workers, which probably is the case because he has a sex addiction. But we are so we're, we're being so boiled down as a culture to just being a couple of everybody's a, everybody's. A, I've heard it said everybody's a meat puppet. That's what people want us yep. to view each other as. Nothing more than just a bu- a puppet of meat. Um, so you shouldn't care what you do with your body, or you should explore what you can do with your body and how you can do that with your body. You shouldn't hate other people's bodies. Like, that's the worst sin. Nothing to do with the soul, but other thing to do with hatred and bigotry, yep. especially if you're a, a white person. But yep. we're being boiled on. This should be not a good thing in culture. This isn't a good thing in culture. This is a sign of a deteriorating culture. It's sex work and all this kind of stuff being celebrated. But the culture is celebrating the sex work to where... They've moved on maybe from the racism, and now they're saying that he was he was bigotry. He, he had bigotry against sex workers in his heart. And, you know, you see, uh, uh, like, the song that won Song of the Year or Pop Song of the Year, which was WAP by Cardi B, and cool, she performed buddy. it at the Grammys. And that's basically audio. <clears throat> that's basically audio porn, that song. Um, yeah. Like what our culture is basically visual porn when she performed it at the yeah the music (laughs) video or the performance at the Grammys basically is like we're becoming such a gross culture because we're becoming such a dumbed down culture uh, of of bodies to be celebrated meat puppets to be celebrated does that make sense am I wording this correctly yeah it it does make sense um and that uh yeah so I'm I'm with you uh. I, I do think you're right. It's a it's a comment on the culture and what what's happening. So, question though. <clears throat> so we see this shooting happen, right? Everybody rushes to this narrative, where like demonizing. Well, I don't want to say that because that sounds like I would actually support the guy. We're <laughs> we're taking everything about this guy, right? His religion, his race, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, and we're saying that's what made him do this. We've seen the exact opposite narrative out of Boulder, right? Mm. It's nothing about the shooter, nothing about his race, nothing about his religion. It's 
It's about something else. It's about guns. Well, it's about nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about nothing. Yeah. So what happened in Boulder? Justin, that was a 10 out of 10 segue. What happened in Boulder? <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, a guy yeah. called, uh, we'll just call him by his last name, which was, uh, I guess you would pronounce it Alyssa. Um, yep. Or Alyssa. We're going he, with Alyssa. I like that. Alyssa. Uh, probably Elisa though with his heritage right yeah um, probably so he's a Syrian refugee but he's been here for, for several years enough to have gone to high school and I think he's in his 30s now but he went to his yeah. high school in Boulder or, or in Colorado or something like that walks into a grocery store kills 10 people seemingly at random um, except for the, the, the this is the crazy thing no one is talking about this shooting no yeah. one there was no stop grocery store hate hashtags yeah. <laughs> there were no stop, um, like to your point, no one virtue signaled and said stop Syrian hate groups or anything like that. Yeah. Not saying that there are, saying no one talked about yeah. that, no one said that, no one started. There's no marketing campaign for this shooting. There's nothing yeah. popping up on social media about this shooting. In fact, people started talking about this shooting and saying, because if you look at the pictures of the guy, he is Syrian, he's not Caucasian, he's not American, but he looks very white skinned. Uh, he looks yeah, he, sort of looks a little shame. like you, Justin, with his beard and all. Hey, now. Hey. Now, I'm not saying it was you. <laughs> like Ted Cruz's dad was. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Ted Cruz's dad thing. Not saying it was you. He looks a little. He looks a little like maybe your beard, your average bearded white dude. He's he's got some yeah. paler skin. So at first, actually, people started to say, "Well, look, another white guy kills people and isn't harmed by the police because he because he took off all his clothes and he walked out and got arrested. You know, gave himself up." But then people started saying, well, look at his name. Uh, he's not American. He's not white. And then right. it was just, oh, it's because of his pale, paler skin that he was not hurt by the police. No, it's because he gave himself up peacefully. Um, but, yeah, right. but the marketing yeah. campaign at first was, look at this white guy. Then it turns out he wasn't white. So now there's no marketing campaign. Uh, no, no. no, no social media campaign virtue signaling about this guy. People say, people close to him, I think his brother came out and said that, that he was paranoid because, like, perhaps all of his life and all of his high school life, he was bullied because of his yep. Syrianness. Perhaps there was a couple of times you you brought up the part that uh, he said that he seems to be a little out there because he thought maybe his high school was tapping into his phone. Um, yeah. Not only was this guy bullied, perhaps because of his race, but also he seems to be a little paranoid. I mean, that's the word that yep. the brother used. But there's no marketing off. campaign about this shooting. Like I said, there's no stop hate groups. There's no stop hate. There's no stop grocery store hate or anything like that. There's nothing about this except for a few people saying this is why we need gun control. But really, it's not even. Um, because now the biggest problem is not having a gun. The biggest problem is being white. So no one wants to talk about this shooting, it seems, because he was not white. Uh, people wanted to talk about the other shooting because it was white. You might could attribute racism to it and don't want to attribute sex to it because nothing wrong with sex. Don't don't let him think that he gets to uh, to hate his, his sex addiction. In fact, we should celebrate sex workers. And here, no one's talking about it. So I'm going at length, uh, but no one wants to talk about it. So um, this is this is crazy to me. This is crazy. No one's talking about this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because, uh, as you have wisely, astutely pointed out, uh, our culture has one ultimate sin. That ultimate sin is bigotry, right? Mm. And where we can attribute bigotry, man, we've got to like just hit it hard over and over and over. We've got to pound people over the head with bigotry. You're a bigot. He's a bigot. That's why it happened. We've got to stop hatred. We can't have any kind of bigotry. Um, 
so whenever we see something like this in the Boulder shooting where we cannot attribute bigotry to it mm. in terms of ma- majority oppressing a minority, right, right. Um, it's, it, it's ignored because it doesn't fit the narrative. There is one main narrative that's, that's trying to be presented right now, and it's the narrative of bigotry. That's why they switched the Atlanta from being bigotry about race. They're slowly trying to switch it to bigotry about sex workers because sex workers yeah. are certainly the minority. In fact, it's illegal, right? <laughs> Except yeah. for yeah. there's a town north of Las Vegas. I don't know if you know this. There is a city uh, like an hour north of Las Vegas where prostitution is legal. So you can go there and like there are brothels and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah. So except yeah. for in that one city, here's my point. Except for in that one city, all this stuff is still illegal. So it's still certainly the minority class. Um, yes. That's why they've switched the Atlanta shooting to being about sex workers because it's still a majority, not only a white person, but a non-sex worker oppressing a minority, which is sex workers. Yeah. So good point. Yeah. And not, not just, not just a, a non-sex worker, but someone who would look down on sex workers who would <clears throat> condemn sex workers and so we're trying to see also the culture say like you said celebrate the the right. sex worker but in boulder uh, where it's a minority who attacks i don't know the makeup people. of people yeah just people yeah. Pe- they don't necessarily want to talk about it. they're not even going after the fact that he was bullied because it's hard to defend a shooter i mean it really is yeah it's hard to defend somebody who does a violent thing it's hard to i haven't seen anybody be like well you know he was bullied because of his race because you can't you're not going to win that fight but they're just not going to talk about it, perhaps sweep it under the rug, because it wasn't a majority oppressing a minority. That's a great point. Yep, yep, definitely. So as as we like to do, we want to look at it from like a Christian worldview, yeah. like how does the Christian respond to this? So like, how how do we respond to it, Alan? Like, how, what? Right, right. What, what are, what are, what's your thought process? Well, I say we fight for truth, uh, and we yep. seek for truth, um, to expose unrighteousness with truth, not just with... Uh, more unrighteousness. So unfortunately, and I asked a a brother about this one time and he was, he was not hurt by my question, but he was hurt by the fact that the question has to get asked about when, when, uh, when African Americans are are killed by cops. Um, I think this was in particular about George Floyd. I asked him, I said, what do you say to people who say we need to wait for all the evidence to come out? And he said, uh, it's such a problem that we already know what the evidence is basically. And I disagree with that. So what am I trying to say? We do, I believe, need to wait for the evidence to come out when this kind of stuff happens. When uh, a guy attacks massage parlors where majority of Asian people work there or Asian ladies are working there. 75% of the people he killed, six out of eight, were Asian. We need to fight for truth. And unfortunately, sometimes fighting for truth means um, we are patient because we need to wait and see uh, that account of two to three witnesses because as the witnesses and as the electronic witness and, uh, and his own witness to himself come out seems it wasn't about Asian hate it was about sex worker hate this is what Christians need to do sometimes we got to practice a little patience sometimes we got to guard our hearts and guard our gardens uh, the, the garden of our heart by practicing a little patience and not reacting too soon waiting for the evidence to come out waiting so, so that we can rightly condemn this person for what they've done so we understand what they have done and why they've done it does that make sense? We need to expose yeah. sin and yeah. crime with actual evidence of what it is. Right, right, and and here's here's a here's the thing too. Like, we want to to be able to to speak accurately against what has what has occurred. Um, I heard somebody point out, of course, it was a hate crime. All all crime is a hate crime, right? Like, right. <laughs> sin, sin is born of hate. Um, 
but we have to be able to look at this and and take the opposite approach that some of our culture is is mm. taking like we can still point out yes sex work is bad mm. like it it is a sin the the guy was and I want to be careful how I say this he was not wrong in his view that sex work is bad and that sexual addiction is bad and that he that he felt trapped right like right. he was right in all of that but we have to know that the response is not to, to kill somebody or to, to kill yourself like he had thought about. The response is Christ. Right. Right? Right. Like, like Jesus is that freedom from the sin which which mm. we in which we find ourselves entrapped. Right. And right. If he and had look, confessed and yeah. repented, like if he had sought yeah. repentance by confessing uh, to other brothers who could help him, particularly like a pastor who could help him. I mean, he was a member at a church, a member at a Southern Baptist yeah. church. You know, he yeah. could have received help from other brothers uh, fighting for him, fighting on his side, fighting alongside of him with Christ, uh, or, you know, fighting for him for, yep. for his relationship with Christ to prevail through this. Um, yep. To your point, yes. Yeah, so I just, I, I think that that's... So that's like what, that's what our the, own hearts might who commit this crime would do. Yes, yep. I agree with that. And uh, and if you're being bullied, then, then you should seek, it seems cheesy to say seek Christ in that bullying, but you should also seek help from others who, who can actually help you uh, like brothers and sisters like I believe yeah. it sounds like a school age thing but this still happens racism still oh, occurs yeah. so instead of brothers and sisters uh, trying to do something violent against somebody because they were racist against you and, and many of our many of our <laughs> black brothers and sisters are very good at this because they are uh, perpetrated against with racism so often that they don't go and be violent they this is obviously in reference to the boulder shooting they aren't being violent they're having to 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 seek help in this. So continue to do that. Don't, don't do what the Boulder guy did. Don't, don't fall for that. Right. 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 Does that make sense? And then we, the church who witnessed these things happen, need to do what I said or or what what I, what I hope is the right thing. What I think is the right thing. Seek truth, seek truth so that we can fight against unrighteousness. Seek truth, not espousing allegation, not espousing motivation, not giving out motivation before it can be proven. That is the case. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's right. I think we've, we've kind of hit that point uh, a couple times. I, I could, I could keep talking about it. I could, I could bring up, you know, like I wanted to ask you, oh, well, whatever. I'll just go ahead and ask you. Uh, we've, we've gone over what we planned on doing anyway. So let's just, let's have the conversation real quick. Alan, I mean, have you ever, have you been a guy who has like hated your sin so much that you were just like, I don't know where to turn. I've been there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, you get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I think that's a good thing. It's just that we have to be ready as the church. So like once you're on the other side of it, you have to be ready to help that person. Right. right? And then what, like if you're not on the other side of it yet, you have to, you have to be surrounded by a, a, a church family who is willing to love you that way, right. who's willing to point you to Christ. Um, and so this applies that's just when a, non-Christians commit these yeah. things. Like when non-Christians yeah. kill people or we should be trying to find out why they did that. Because we want to yeah. punish evil, but we also don't necessarily want to bear false witness. Like we don't want to lie about someone and say they were a racist if they yeah. weren't. When yeah. perhaps they were a premeditated murderer for some other kind of yeah. reason. Yeah. So, all right. And as we wrap this up, as we wrap up our new segment, getting to what are we reading? We're going to go weekly, uh, weekly segment. Perhaps Alan's bonus headline of the week. This one comes out of California. Alan's bonus headline of the week out of California. California theme parks are about to reopen, Justin. But do you know what the big rule is that they're not? That what's the big regulation that they're going to have when they reopen? Uh, no. 
Enlighten me. Well, perhaps they'll be wearing masks. Perhaps uh, you won't. You, you'll have to sure. social distance in line at the at the at the roller coaster. But the big rule, sure. the big rule that they're having uh, right now uh, is that California theme park can reopen, but no one can scream on the roller coaster. You ride the ride. You're not allowed to scream in, in, in fear and adrenaline. You're not allowed to yell your joys of roller coasters because of those ghastly droplets. So Alan's bonus headline of the week. Just a funny one for us. Let's get into now our final little segment. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you gotta let me. You gotta let me comment. Can you imagine? Like you've been standing there at the roller coaster, right? You can you can picture the sound of the of the little like car or whatever coming, and it's like that like loud whooshing kind of noise. You know? Can you imagine like watching people on the ride, their arms up in the air, and there's just no sound. All you hear is the the roller coaster. Man, that. That would creep me out, dude. That's weird. It's like a ghost town or something. But all right, man. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. T- take <laughs> us away with our last, um, our last topic. <laughs> yeah. We'll be brief with the what are what are we reading this week, Justin? I haven't been reading too much. I did though. Um, I ha- I bum I bum. It's not even bum. You can have multiple accounts, but I have an HBO Max um, account from a family uh-huh. member because you can have multiple accounts on one yeah. subscription or whatever. And uh, so I started watching the new the Justice League. Have you heard about the Justice League thing? Where the I director, have, I have. Yeah, so the director was on and he was making the movie and then his daughter committed suicide. She was like 20, 21. She committed suicide. So he actually um, like stepped away from the project and then they brought in a new director and he kind of changed it like completely. Not completely, yeah. but he changed it a ton. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. And it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> I think it came out in 2017. Yeah. It was not good. So for like three years... People have been hashtagging, release the Snyder Cut. So that's the, the director's name was Zack Snyder. Release the Snyder Cut. Release it. So they, they let him do it during like this quarantining and stuff. He put together his version of the movie. They, made, they paid $70 million to release a movie for the second time. <laughs> to get all the editing wow. done, done and stuff. So they put it on HBO Max and I started watching it. So it's four hours long. So I'm watching four it. Four hours? Yeah, it's four hours long. Apparently he was going to, he, he made a four hour movie and then he was maybe going to release it into two movies. He was going to have like a Justice League part one and part two. Uh-huh. Uh, but then this way he just released it all. Every bit of footage basically that he had filmed that was finalized. Uh, it's broken up into six parts. There's six chapters basically, kind of like a TV show. So I've watched the first two parts. It's very good. It's, it's better than the 2017 Justice League. So uh, I've been doing that. I'm reading some of the same books I've been reading. Haven't been able to read too much of Lord of the Rings. Though every time I read it, I really like it. I was never much of a reader. But I'm reading some of the same books, yeah. books about, a book about anxiety, a book about, you know, uh, awe of God. I'm still reading that one. It's been taking a while. But uh, yeah. I try to read, but, you know, other things get in the way. I did paint uh, some stuff yesterday, painted uh, like an office building uh, for somebody or the inside of an office building for somebody. So that took up much of my time. So I listened to many, many podcasts that day, listened to a debate on whether you can lose your salvation or not between a Christian or a, a a Calvinist, basically, and a Catholic. So I have been reading a fair number of stuff, but Justin, now I'll let you talk. What have you been reading? Uh, reading, still checking out. Uh, what if Jesus was serious? Um, it's. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the guy's name. I have no clue how to say it. Um, it's uh, the part that I'm on right now is just kind of a breakdown of the the Sermon on the Mount um, and the the conversation of. You know, Jesus wasn't necessarily prescribing um, how to be blessed. He was saying, hey, these are the people who are blessed. Um, and, like, the idea would be, 
There are people who already are these things. They have the most to gain from my announcing the coming of the kingdom of God. Then there's the, the other side of it. Once you have accepted that gospel message, you just naturally become those things. It's not a message of trying to be that. Mm. It's just that's that's who you are. It's what you become. Um, and man, I just thought that was a really cool, really cool kind of thing there. Um, I'm like you though. Uh, I don't necessarily sit down and read like uh, a ton all at one time. Um, like last night, I, I went to read uh, Return of the King. Um, and I, I read like two pages and got distracted. Um, most of the content I consume is probably podcasts. I listen to a right. ton of podcasts. I'm listening to one podcast series right now that's on like the, the priestly king, um, like in the, the kind of narrative of a priest and king in the old Testament. Mm. Um, that's a, that's a really cool podcast series I've been listening to. Um, nice. I've really been learning that. Once, So it comes out a week at a time. Mm. I'm listening to it week by week, but when they finish that series, I plan to go back and listen to it all at one time. It's right. just, it, that's been really cool. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's about it, though. So it sounds like you're reading some good stuff, but, you know, life gets in the way. You're about to have a baby. Did you read a book called uh, Dude, You're Going to Be a Dad? Do I remember you telling me about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw it on my Facebook Marketplace right somehow. Uh, really? <laughs> maybe Facebook is listening in. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so you read that book. What was it about, or, or was it good? Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's uh, definitely, like, kind of a, a comical approach to, like, the things you need to be aware of. Um, definitely written for dudes. Um, I saw that I there's a sequel called, like, like, Dude, yeah. you're, you're Now a Dad or something like that. Are you going to get that? Oh, really? Yeah, it's about the uh, first year of, of the baby's life. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that one out. <laughs> we, we were talking about that. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Like, hopefully, this thing just comes naturally because I have I've literally never changed a diaper. Um, no clue what my life is about to be like. I've never done either of those things either. So I was the youngest. Yeah. So I never even saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh-uh. I did watch my friend change a diaper uh, about maybe a month ago. Two months ago, I was I was just there. It wasn't like I was like, "Hey, let me watch you change." You need to do like the gym from the office and start putting diapers on like footballs and cats and everything like that. Just practicing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the office, I told Hannah that we needed to. uh, I needed to get somebody to practice the whole birthing thing, like with a watermelon covered in butter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, why is it? He's like, why is it? uh, Why is it slippery? Butter. Babies are slippery. Newborns are slippery. Good touch. Yep. Good touch. Oh, what a show! What a show! Sad it's not on Netflix anymore. I guess Peacock. Is free. We could watch it, but uh, well, no. Look, only the first two seasons are, are free on Peacock. Then you have to pay if you want more than those that. are the worst two seasons. <laughs> right. Well, season right. Nine, season season nine, well, eight and nine aren't that good either. But Justin, perhaps next week I'll be by myself. Yeah, it's, it's quite possible, man. But hey, I'll I'll be uh, I'll be pulling for you. I'll be praying for you. And who knows? Maybe maybe I have one more week before we. Before we go into full on paternity, well, who's, who's to say? You know, if, if your wife goes into labor on Tuesday, you're not like, well, why? You know, I got to go record this podcast. Like, yeah, see, like, sorry, you know, you've got the baby. I've got, you got I've got priorities, baby. man. Yeah. You were afraid that she was going to go into labor during this very podcast, and that did not happen. But, but would you have stayed on? Would you, would you have said, babe, oh, babe, we got like 20 more minutes. Just, uh, just yeah, the hospital. Like, I'll be there soon enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll be on the way. Yeah, nice for sure. Nice. We'll see if she's listening to this, right? Whether oh, yeah. I get in trouble or not. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, Justin, if you're gone next week, I'll try to do my best to, to um, be level-headed because sometimes you keep me uh, nice and 
cool, nice and even, <laughs> even, even keel. But you know what? Maybe I'll just go off the rails, and our tens of tens of listeners will uh, stop listening. And if that happens, Dude, just maybe, an maybe it'll song. blow up, man. But until <laughs> next week, uh, love God, love people, fight for truth and righteousness, and as always, love Justin. <laughs>